here we are back again with uh, episode 25, the quarter century, uh, almost coming in for a uh, centenary year. Is uh, it, it, we're creeping mm-hmm. ever towards it? Uh, Tony's back, and safe to say, straight in. We're going to get straight in there this week. Tony, end product. Let's let's hear it. Viva la champion! <laughs> Number one in the world, boys. You've Number done one it. underdog. Loving it, man. It was uh, a great win. Can't believe it. Eh? I've been on the platform, just checked out for a year and a half. I've probably been playing for about 11 months. Get the wild, wildest strategy in the on the platform. I think that's... <laughs> my gallery does more changing than Pavel's. But, <laughs> yeah, I won two nice cards. I won a Philip Teets, one of 10 super rare, who... On first glance, he's second division Germany. He's a goal scorer. He's got in his last 15 games, he's got six goals, three assists, which is good. Yeah. But obviously, whenever you've got Hoffmans and World Cup players in the, the pool, you get a bit greedy in your head. And then I got a star rare also. I got Christian Fructo, which... On the face yet, I think is a really good reward. Again, you've got Kimmich and stuff in the prize pool, but I can't gamble. I've got, I probably won about 20% of my gallery. Mm, nah, maybe won about 10-15% of my gallery and rewards guaranteed. So, I can't complain. I'm, it's great. I'm in it for the long haul. As I was saying as well, the good thing about winning a U23 goalkeeper as well is if you don't want them and you do want to get some ETH back in balance, they're, they're the easiest cards to get rid of quickly, I think. A U23 goalkeeper, a good price. You sell it now, you get, you, you'll get you be gone in days. You've got money in your bank there. So I think in terms of rewards, you can't complain with a U23 goalkeeper in that sense. It's just one of the most liquid cards on the platform. You can yeah. use it or you can sell it and... Uh, yeah, Fructal, I was, as I was saying to you in the week, he's been on my watch list. I think um, he's like one of the hotly tipped sort of like up-and-coming goalkeepers out, coming out of Germany. I believe he's on loan at the moment, isn't he? Is it Austria, Vienna? No, I think they bought him. Have they bought him, yeah? I'm not too sure. Somebody told me yesterday they bought him because I opened my reward that pretty much, pretty much me and... Yeah, he was mm. on loan at Nuremberg, didn't play... And then now he's been bought by Austria Vienne, but maybe he has like a buyback or a possibly Benossi or something. Pretty nailed on goalkeeper as far as U twenty threes are concerned, though. Yeah, I, think he's a... I just listed him at point one, eh, one point three. Sorry. Yeah. And then I'll consider what I'm going to do. I maybe take an ETH out just to start the ball rolling with my returns, and it means that I've kept. Half the reward plus in. Yep. So I can show my wife that it's not just throwing money down the drain, <laughs> which she sometimes <laughs> thinks. But no, I, I'm happy to win it. First place is, I couldn't believe it because I had, I can't, Maleka wasn't playing and then Olsen ended up grabbing a goal and end of the day. And I was thinking, oh, I'm in here. Yeah, a chance. A doy then done well, and then all I needed was a decisive to get a high tier two, maybe a yeah. decisive for a high tier two, and I think it was like two or three shots in goal, and I was in the tier ones, and then he just started popping off. Van Dier, I actually won it by about twenty five points, twenty four and a half points, maybe, and it, it was all down to a three decisive Van Dier. Yeah, and a Philip Max era leading to goal, which was harsh, but. I can't complain. The centre-back headed it off Philip Max's knees, came back, and the opposite striker scored. So, no, it's a, it was a good week's work. Take it all when it comes for you. Yeah, take it all day long, eh? So, I think, Sorry, I think, go on, Tony. You go I, first, mate. I think what everyone at home is wanting to know, Tony, is of this winning squad, Dennis Adoy, Christopher Olsen, Dante Van Zier, <laughs> and Nicky Devlin, super rares, how many of them are still in... 32 what OFC how many of them have been shipped out or unfortunately they're all still there they didn't sell I tried to put them up I thought they were having a bit of form to be fair Van Zee will probably be able to sell closer to the weekend but it's a 
it's a hard gig to sell old super rares. But no, I, I just want to make profit and I want to keep spinning my gallery so I can keep being competitive. And I don't believe in holding on to players when, even if you've got a bit of sentiment to them, because I'm a smaller gallery, I can't compete with some big galleries. So if there's a 10, 15% profit to be made, I need to take it. Good shout. And uh, you're, you've been targeting that division. I remember thinking when uh, you were talking about sort of like looking at that underdog super rare, you've been looking at that one for a while, haven't you? It's like one you wanted to actually target. And I remember thinking at the time, a tough division to target that because as soon as they do pop off, like you've had a week and you've just won it, I bet none of those cards are even eligible again next week, are they? So you find yourself having to yeah. slip out if you're going to try and target it again. But if they do well, then you can sell them. Yeah, that's so true. So if you do go over that, then, then you can sell them. But I think the one for me was, uh, and it's probably, where can I see past week's results? If you sort of click the results and then go on, or on So Red Data, go into the results tab and then just hit the the sort of like the, the triangle back. It goes back a few weeks, a week at a time. Right, so... SSO5 tab and then rewards, yeah. For me, lads, my whole point of the thing was, and I'll tell you now, this will make sense. So, uh, super rare underdog I'm looking for, right? So, underdog super rare was won by me with 330 points, right? But see if I'd bought the players in rare and got the exact same points, I would have won a... I would have been... Eighth place in underdog rear. I know it's a lot cheaper, but it's still, mm. it's still, uh, it's still. Oh, sorry. It, I'm just going to look at the reward. It's still uh, a tier one, which is fine, really good. But that tier one isn't what I want. Do you know what I mean? That's that's not what I want. So I can't, uh, I can't complain. That was why my my whole strategy became, sorry, I'm hardly able to speak here. My whole strategy became that way. I didn't want to go for rear. I wanted to go super rear because I thought it would be easier to get higher placing, which I, I should. I was listening to uh, the So Rare Andrews podcast the other week and they were talking about uh, the importance of super rares in like D3 versus like D2. And they were saying, you know, if you pick up a super rare to play D3, who is like a 55 average, once they had their bonus, they're probably like a score and a 60, which isn't enough to push you into the rewards in like Division 3 or like Pro, as it's called. Whereas in D2, a player who averages about 55, 60, if you've got a whole team of that, you can get close to the rewards because, you know, every player in those divisions is like the bonus in that. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you look at the price of those cards, because they're not as useful for people who maybe play um, the Pro Leagues, you know, like those top end tier, like those top end sort of tier one, tier zero super rares, they're really expensive. So, like jumping from playing just rare cards to buying supers, most people will go for those supers who, you know, might only cost like point point two or point three, but they're only really going to score you like sixty or seventy points on a good week, and that's not enough to like push you into the cards in the in the pro division. But in D two, a whole team of that can do the job. And I think that, like you said, with underdog, the, un- the, the, uh, the bonuses are, are cut out, right? So it's like, it's just flat scores. So you can even look beyond, you know, like buying super rares who are quite low in their scoring, but also you don't need the bonus. If you're looking to play them in underdog, you can, you can buy the cheapest on the market, not worry about like what percentage bonus it's got. Yeah. So it's an interesting one to target. I've never really thought about it before, but as I was saying before, off air, I've, I've got so many sort of like poor super rares where I've won lots in D2 through like the closed season um, particularly um, that, that I've often got a half decent entry for the underdog super rare but I haven't quite smashed it in there just yet like you did this week just gone but I think that's another thing as well is like as the big galleries continue I mean most of the big galleries win decent super rares I guess that's the difference whereas I'm sort of one of those I guess upper mid tier galleries that compete but when I do win I'm winning a tier 2 tier 3 super and they're only really good for the underdog or the specialist yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, 
I just check how like those sort of big galleries get on in the the underdogs and super rare like especially. I, I, I just checked down. He won a Santiago Rodriguez, which is decent. That's what I was checking as well. Not bad for eighth. It's not bad. Yeah, four point five, which obviously I don't know what his team. He's a uh, New York City. No, sorry, I don't know how much his team cost altogether, but sorry. I'm sure my return was probably a little bit better. No. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Even as a percentage of like your your expense spent out. Yeah, Andy would have been your most expensive super rare in that squad. I would, I yeah, would he, guess he was probably plus. I got. I actually ended up getting him for around. It worked out about point seven because I got Lloyd Lapusen nice. in a a deal for about point nine. And then he gave me Vanzian point two five for him. So but point actually about point six five. Avoid man, that's a great trade. And see the thing about underdog that really does like especially you, Tony, suit like galleries that are a bit more flexible, is what Stish is saying there, like there is no XP in it. So even though when you lose XP on buying on yeah. the secondary market for underdog, it doesn't mean anything anyway. You know, so if you do if you've got three pieces and you're like, Oh, I need one more and you find a guy and you're like, Oh wow, and then you know, you're not thinking, oh, well, I'll be competing against, if it was like just rare pro or something, I'll be competing mm-hmm. against all these other Van Ziers that will be 10% and 11%. Yeah. It doesn't come into it. It's just well, on This, uh, I just, quick, quickly, this guy's team probably cost about 0.3. Solid. I'm being, I'm being generous to him. About 0.3 and 1.4. My team yeah. probably cost me about Point one point one point something. Mm. So, what what I'm trying to say is, marathon. If I'd done that in the rear, would no be nowhere near what I won there. I think Adoy was point one. Nicholas Devon was point one. Olsen maybe point four or something in a trade, and Van Zier probably about point seven. So maybe one point five, and I've won Fructo, who would clean that out, and then. Also, Teets in a super rare, who's not been on sale yet. So, no, I'm I'm excited. I know we spoke about my awards so far, but I'm excited about it. that. Was good. I know, I'm buzzing, man. It's, it's all about that end product. And uh, like as that was kind of rolling in for you, Tony, and obviously you've pulled your rewards. I'm sitting there thinking, shit. Since we've been doing this podcast, Stish and Tony have been pulling out all the big wins. I need to get my fucking finger out. <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn, mate. It's your turn next. And you get the luck coming, man. Mm-hmm. So, like, see, kind of like what you were saying there, Tony, in terms of the super rares as well. Like, it might be a, a, you, you kind of imagined, and it's came to pass that like a three thirty score is better than super rare than than rare, for example. Yeah. And m- mainly for my gallery, like I've still been churning out some wee wins here and there. I've not done anything big in a while, but I've had a lot of that focus on super rares again come back in because obviously we had NBA drop the other day, and there's a lot of stuff, a lot of moving parts in the kind of super rare sphere. And as I look at supers, I know some of them are a bit hard to sell, the tier threes and the tier twos or whatever. But I think for that underdog, the specialist and some of these D twos, it's the last part of like the high ground that you can get to. Especially now with the price of some of the like you're talking about a doy and the Devlin for point ones. It's amazing yeah. for some of these supers that can rock out. You know what they can in the competition. A doy floors like point zero nine at rear, like to get him for point one. I think it was point one two. I'll tell you exactly. Point one on the dot, but has a the va- there's some value in some super rares. Look, don't get me wrong, my gallery's flooded. Look, I do just sold for point one oh two rare. This farm's quality, man. Got a good, got a good deal there then. So there's some look. Don't get me wrong, I bought a couple of Jed Vag and players like this. I can't shift. Who, when it comes back around, I'll probably get my money back or whatever. But. There's definitely profit to be made. If you can hold them, if, if they're not performing, you just put them back in underdog. And if they're performing, they go up. And it was the same with Van Zier. Van Zier was injured and he was out of form. And he actually, I think I told you, he actually suited, he fitted in the specialist under 40 for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I got him in mine. I've got yeah. his limited and I've got him in mine. I had him in mine last weekend, actually. Yeah. So he probably the rest of my team was pants. So. Then I, I think he's maybe outgrew that and now... He'll probably have outgrew. He's got one more week left at underdog, I think. So, yeah, he's captain in my underdog limited this this game week that's on now. Yeah, so well, big, another big. To be week. fair, he's got a sixty-six score. that will get wiped out. So he'll maybe have 
another two, maybe three weeks in underdog as long as he doesn't hit an R92. Mm. But if he does, then you've got a chance of rewards. So that's the way I see it. If they perform, good. If not, then you've got them eventually well performing, I think. I see that. I was just looking at it there. Like, I don't think... Like, Adoy is a decent example, I suppose, but there's probably a little bit better ones. But, for example, there is only two super rare Adoys, you know? So, like, some of these other cards, maybe there's more of them, right? And then, like, having the super rare... It's like, you, you know, the problem we're finding in D4s and D3s is that there's 200 Carlos Hills and there's 300 Kimmiches and there's 200 Mbappes and whatever. And then Limited, it's even more prevalent. But when you get up to super rare, like those levels for underdog and... What I'm trying to do mainly is like D2s and whatever. Um, there's five of them. There's 10 of them. There's maybe 12, and that's a problem, you know. But then that 12 is spread across like six divisions rather than 200 being spread across four divisions of like yeah. Mbappe or something. Yeah, 100%. That's what I thought as well. I thought, for instance, see, you've got a Mbappe Super Rare and he pops off. Not many people are going to have that in Super Rare. But if they have it in Rare, they're maybe going to have it. And it's the same with... The cards I use, people will have Nicky Devlin's, people think, oh, he's got a good game week, we'll throw him in, or there was, look, sometimes it kills me because I get better players that I don't put in, but it means I really need to pick and choose rather than just go right here. My rare teams, I just bat them out and I, I don't, I just mix them up and it struggled at the weekend. Again, last weekend, uh, I got, I'll tell you some scores I hit. James Forrest hit 100, which is I wasn't going to use anyway. But Daniel Washreel got a 98. William Cavallo, who I never put in, got an 83. Yeah. Uh, Griezmann got a 71. Taglafico got a 66. Mekele got a 65. Koulibaly got a 64. Yusuf, like all these boys, but I never won an R reward because... I've just not been picking it right, but I've been putting a lot of research in Energy and Underdog, and it probably shows if you research, you put Energy in it, and you believe in it, you've got a chance of winning something, and I didn't think I would get first spot. That's madness for me, but here I am. I got a bit, bit of luck. I'm just having a look now at like the the uh, the league table as well, and the last uh, winning place on the Underdog um, Super Air only scored 250 points, and that's across four cards. So when you think about it, if you're looking at like trying to compete to just win something, you know, I think I think they win um a tier three rare. So it wasn't it wasn't an amazing reward, but it's a reward, right? And to score two hundred and fifty points, what's that across four players? What's that like sixty five points or something like that? Less than sixty five average. And then obviously one of them's got a captain as well, right? You captain one in mm-hmm. under, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to yeah. quickly check that bit. Yeah, fifty percent bonus. So so you don't you don't need great super airs either. You just need no. four outfield players who are going to start and hopefully have like an above average game, and then hopefully pick the best captain. And then you might win, you know, at worst case a tier three or tier two rare. Um, you know, it's something, isn't it? It's like I've started looking at the legends challenge. I haven't had any wins in there just yet, but I've bought three legend cards. Oh, people say that like an Eve grinder. Because if you win anything, at worst case, the cheapest legend's about 16 quid on the market. That's 16 quid. Yeah. And, you people know, like people say to me, like, that's a bit 20 quid because there's so many rewards compared to what there's entries. Right? Yeah. That's Speaking of that, actually, this weekend they've got a special, haven't they? There's like a shirt special, which should take some of the legend cards out as well because you can enter legends in that. Are either of you looking at that as a potential entry this weekend? It's only 25 shirts, isn't there? It's a bit... A bit lean. A bit too lean for me as well. It was, it's not tempted me in that one, even though I've got those legend cards that I can use. Um, but I did a little bit of... I did a little bit of nerding around the uh, the legend cards results this weekend just to see. Because like I said, I've been in there a few weeks now and I've not had any joy just yet. So I thought, let me have a little look and see like if there's a strategy I'm missing. And I had a little look at some of the top scorers in the division. And uh, the strategy I'm missing is, obviously, I think the best, for me, the best legend card is, well, there's two of them now that do the same score. It's uh, There's the uh, Van Basten Ajax card, which scores as a forward, and the Johan Cruyff Ajax card, which also scores as a forward. Ajax clean up most weekends, right? 
on a bad weekend, one of their forwards is going to score 80, probably, on a bad weekend. Um, if you put both of them in your team, you're doubling your score. Obviously, you can only use... Uh, is it what? Uh, you can only use two players from any given team. So let's say you've got Cruyff and that Van Basten card. You're basically scoring double whatever the top goal scorer Ajax scores, which usually is 70 to 80 on a normal weekend. You know, if Tadic has a blind eye, it's 100 twice. So the top scorer in that division this weekend had Cruyff and Van Basten Ajax cards and then, you know, beefed out the rest of the team with, I think, uh, I think it might have been like the... It might have been like the Laudrup um, buy-in card, which is Kimmich, basically. But I think in this case, it was Sabitza. But, um, yeah, I just think, like, if you've got those two Ajax forwards on the right weekend, plus, like, maybe, like, one of the... Maybe the Real Madrid centre-backs are always pretty decent. Um, And then if you can pick a goalkeeper who keeps a clean sheet that weekend, and then another good, like, all-round scorer, defender card, maybe... I usually put Rodrigal from Zenit in my team and then the best goalkeeper limited I can find. And then mine are, mine are like Zidane, Juventus, which was more of a collectible for me. His, Juventus's midfield is not like putting up those in, enormous all-round scores like Kimmich does. So that's why I bought the, I've got the Laudrup Munich card for the Kimmich scores and I've got the Van Basten Ajax. But I'm really tempted to go in and get that Cruyff Ajax as well just to pair them up up top. So, so I've got the double up on any week that Ajax have a big game and in just in the hope that I win a legend. Because if I win a legend, the worst worst case you win like, I think it's like a David Villa or a, it's normally like Dav, David Villa or like um, Penenka or something like that. And I think like even those are like 15 quid on the market. 15 quid, it's another little leaf grinder, isn't it? That's the way I look at it. Yeah, but I exactly. haven't had any end product in there just yet. I've been kind of weighing up legends on and off for maybe the last four months. Um, and I don't know, like, I, I don't know. It's a hard one. To, uh, all the players I like the look of are players I liked. And then kind yeah. of like, there's a Dan at UV. Like, the guys I would want to buy is Nedved. So I'd want a Nedved. That's a UV card. Probably quite crap. Yeah. Uh, and and Veron again, Lazio midfield, probably not that great. Milinkovic um, Savic on a good weekend can put a decent score, but he's not He's not like an all-rounder. He, he needs a decisive to put him into those 70-plus, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, Vron's L5, if we're going to call it his L5, his, his 74 mm. and his L15, 74. A, I don't know for a legend if that's good or bad, but... That's, that's look right. awful. Um, I think he's better than Zidane. I think but, so. So, so I look at that and I think, am I just being a sentimental fool wanting Veron and Nedved rather than go... Because I would never buy Brian Laudrup. I just couldn't do it, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, and then guys like Cruyff and Van Basten, I know they're like Ajax and whatever, but I just couldn't... I don't know. Doesn't do it for you. Yeah, like I never watched them. I don't really have anything going for them in that sense. It's just a kind of Ajax token I'd be buying. And yeah. um, I've never really I've never really played Soria that way, like to that nth degree of it just by numbers almost you know so it doesn't really excite me to do that but then I think what's the point of buying a Veron and a Nedved and then maybe a Nesta or something and never winning you know I think in terms of like the ROI as well if you look at if you did want to pick up say like I think I got lucky with the Van Basten that I bought the Ajax one because I think it was whoever bought it priced it as like the Van Basten floor so he put it the same price as the AC Milan Van Basten so I picked that up for 50 quid and I think that that card's probably worth probably double that in terms of like the scoring output when you compare it to Cruyff which is about 100 and summit quid usually 100 to 120 quid depending on like the time of week you know like buying legends as well you can be really like careful and cute about when you buy them because if there isn't a legends tournament that game week most of the midweeks don't have any legends tournaments so if you buy a legend on like a Tuesday afternoon they're normally like a lot cheaper than they are come like Friday morning or something like that so um I've been keeping an eye on it. I'd, I just think in terms of ROI, let's say that you pick up the Cruyff, the, uh, the Laudrup and uh, um, Van Basten Ajax. You might be looking at an outlay of about 250 quid, let's say, around about that. And if you win, if you, if, worst case, you win a 15 quid card. And you can sell it, and you should always be able to sell the cheapest legend on the platform because anyone who wants a little, a little cheap entry and is going to buy like the Veron or the Penenka just to have an entry that weekend, right? Yeah. 
So you only have to win it. You you only have to scrape your way in ten times to get get your money back. But I'm with you as well, Quinny. There is a part of me that's like, I don't really want a panenka. I know <laughs> I'm not that bothered about it. And and then there's other cards as well, like even like Cannavaro and that. Like he's a great player, but I don't look at that card and be like, I want that in my collection. Whereas the Zidane one was like, yeah, I was obsessed with and still am obsessed with Zinedine Zidane. So having that in my collection, and I know I overpaid for it, but does doesn't bother me because I got the number twenty one, which was his number at Juventus. No, it's, it's like. I don't think anyone else clocks that because it's got number 10 on his card because it's a France card, but he scores as a Juventus player and that was his squad number when he played for Juve. And that was just, that was always like my number playing football because of him at Juve. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one because I never saw myself getting into Legends, but now it in terms of limited, I'm looking at my underdog entry, my specialist entry and that Legends entry is like my main ones. And then, I just see what I can fill with, like whatever's left after that. Um, I've ended up with quite a lot of limited cards, but I don't really play. I don't. I don't play limited to win like I do in rare. I've just got a lot of them now, and I think it was mostly due to I want to play. I love the idea of playing underdog and specialist because it's like a more pure way of playing the game. And I think um, you mentioned there as well, like basketball. Obviously, we should probably touch on that a little bit as well. But mm. the scoring mechanic for basketball is a little bit like the specialist, isn't it? They put the the old school scoring caps in. Yeah. What do you reckon for that guy? Quinny, you played so rare when that was a thing on football side, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, do you think we could see that reintroduced to specialists? Because it is maybe a little bit of a clearer way of explaining having players that aren't just banging 60 plus every week in your team. I could definitely see them moving that way with like, you know, for the basketball, it's what, the L10 average, basically. Mm. So if they did something like that, uh, yeah, I could definitely get behind it. The way it used to work for anyone who, who doesn't know what we're talking about, the old XP system, like, you know, we've got eight and a half percents and five, it didn't used to be that. It used to be your card started, at, at, you know, and, and also back then, I'll keep the history lesson very brief, right? But back then... The scoring matrix wasn't zero to 100. It was zero to infinity, and every action had a point. So a good player could score, you know, 90, 100 points or whatever. And then the multiplier started at 7.2, and then it would go up to a maximum of like 15 or something for a rare. And then for super rares, it would start at, I can't remember, but it's the same kind of thing. You know, it started at multiple. So if your guy banged out 80, and then you're times in that by seven, you probably imagine the scores were all in the thousands. It was all really big numbers. and and whatever and those multipliers helped it or the, the purpose of it was to make sure that if you did have the same team because there was much fewer cards back then then the multipliers would be a huge separator and then what happened is you'd have five cards and then the power cap was i don't know let's say it was 40 so if you've got a rare that's at 10 x10 and then you've got a bunch of our guys that were like 9.6 and 9.6 you'd be over the power cap and then you'd be in discord looking for Oh, can I get a hands vanikin off somebody that's at eight point six, please? You know, and then <laughs> you know you're trying to swap a really a more powerful one for a slightly worse one, so that you can squeeze it in. And also in D four, because of that power cap, I've I played my super rare Trippier for its first five levels because it was like a really low power super rare, and you could just about squeeze it in, um, uh. which was quite fun. Uh, so I, I really like the fact that they've brought it back to the table. They've reimagined it and done it very well for basketball. And, you know, they will have to do something like that in football at some point across the board because the reason they've had to start it with basketball day one is because basketball, and I know nothing about basketball, but I can tell you this, it's a very power player driven sport. You know, like every team has a main guy and everything goes through. And you could just go around the whole league and buy everybody's main guy and then just throw them in a team and... Yeah, that's not going to be fun. Everyone would do that as well. You'd have, yeah. you'd have like hundreds of people with exactly the same team every weekend, wouldn't you? Like... That wouldn't be fun at all, you know. So I don't think we're quite there with football, but like we said earlier with limiteds and rares, it's maybe not too far off. You know, in supers and uniques, it's nowhere near because there's just so few of them by comparison. Um, but yeah, I can't remember what your actual uh, question was at the beginning there. So no, the idea of like bringing those sort of like power caps oh, to, over to football yeah. like we saw with uh, basketball. Another another thing worth touching on the basketball was, did you anyone see the price of the first few auctions go? I seen the first LeBron go for like three ETH. It went over four, a limited, and and the limiteds an edition of five thousand. So if you imagine there's going to be five thousand of those, and it went for four ETH. 
They have sold a couple since that have been. There is extremely wild fluctuate fluctuation. Steph Curry's first rear went for two point one. That's what I'm saying. That there, there is there may be bargains to be had if this does become like a big Jesus. thing. If you look at LeBron's price chart as well, the first one went for four. So think of that collectability. Then there's like there's been three or four since since I last checked anyway, and. I'm pretty sure like the next one went for like 1.2 and then one went for like 0.75. It's like there there is such a massive difference. It's almost like the luck of the time you log in. Yeah, and, um, five out of 5,000 went for 0.63. Yeah, it, it's in, and you're getting the same utility because they haven't unlocked like the limited game just yet. They're letting people figure it out, which I think is, is good as well because a lot of, I think they'll get a lot of new players coming onto the platform. I feel more... There's definitely more of a buzz around this than there was the MLB, and I think like if anyone watched the launch, the production on it, like hats off to so rare. It was like watching television, mate. It was like it was, like, it was proper. Yeah, they had like you know like all the basketball players on there talking about their favorite players, the players to watch. They did a really good walkthrough on how to play the game, which I feel like has been missing a little bit on the football side. They almost need to revisit that and like do a video like that for their YouTube channel that walks people through in that like step-by-step explaining why you can't just pick six players that are banging 50-odd plus. It, I thought it was really good. It impressed me a lot. And I think um, hopefully some of the some of those sort of traits that we see applied to basketball um, can come into football. But I think the prices of the, the first few cards was absolutely insane. I don't... A lot of I had a little look, and a lot of the people bidding were like some of the sort of names you recognise in the bid, big bids at, on the football side as well. So I do think that like the majority of the people kind of going in and spending the money right now are people coming over from football. But I feel like basketball has a bit more of a global appeal than baseball. So it'll be interesting to see if that brings in new users or you know it loses. I'll be, I'd just be interested to see if it like dilutes the user base from football a little bit. But do either of you have any intention, Quinny? I've seen you've been buying some basketball cards as well. I just got me bad on one. You got you're getting involved. I I feel like I might do. I like the idea of the game. I like, yeah, I, I like watching basketball. I don't mind watching basketball. I haven't watched it properly for a long time, but I feel like a little involvement in this game. And I think like I'd be quite happy just playing the commons for a little while, to be honest, and seeing how I get on. But very tempted by it, which I wasn't at all with baseball. Um, and I wouldn't call myself any, I'm definitely not an export, expert on basketball. But, you know, like you were saying, every team's got like the star player. And I think most casual sports fans know who the co- who those players are in most of the big teams, I think. Yeah. So I think it will it'll appeal a little bit more to like the, the armchair football fan who... Fancy something else on the side. Bit of basketball. Tony, yeah. who who have you bid on? Who are you looking uh, at? Kevin Durant. I just put a point one two five on his limited. Because I'd like to be better collectability on that, to be honest. Uh I might not get it, but it's just first bid, isn't it? You you are, you do actually have a physical card collection as well, don't you? Like so yeah, I've does... got quite a few KDs actually. I've uh, I've got quite a few cards. I don't know where they are. I've had a few graded and stuff somewhere. But is it something you've been into for a long time? And was that like part of the reason you kind I've of got me into so rare, I no, what... I just yeah. people around me were doing it and I, I kinda enjoyed the idea and I was doing the breaks, I was getting involved and it was good and enjoyed it. Was that something you was doing for YouTube or was that more for you? Yeah, as... a bit of both. Bit of both, yeah. I see quite a bit of that on YouTube, like the box openings and all that but um they i've noticed as well because my son started collecting the football cards and that now and you know they seem to have upped their game quite a bit you, you can get the cards now that have bits of like the, the actual jerseys the players wore and real like autographs and i'm a bit like yeah, we've seen cool. the, the american sports card so that that was pretty cool i didn't even realize that was a thing in football until until recently but has that been something that's been happening for a long time now or is that relatively new still in football I had absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea. Another thing, actually, one more point to touch on on a basketball, is they have two different versions of the cards as well, don't they? They have like action shots that they're going to introduce later in the season. Have you seen that? 
I think so, I'd love to see that in football. We kind of yeah. see it a little bit with the limiteds, don't uh, the limiteds, the legend cards. They've got like action shots, but I don't see any reason why we couldn't have that with regular play cards. Cool, eh? I, think nice the, the I think it's organisation, isn't it? Because like with the NBA, you can say to them, right, and halfway through the year, you're going to send us action shots of every player, and they'll go right, cool. If you're to do that in football, you're going to Belgium, you're going to Austria, you're going to Germany, you're going to Spain, you're going to Italy, you're going to all these places. And some of them might just say, aye, and then never do it. And then people will be like, where's my action shots for Belgium? You know, (laughs) you know, and you're right. It's not quite there. But one thing I was thinking about with the basketball, because I wasn't planning on uh, actually buying cards day one, especially, you know, but I'd sold that Harwood Bellis last week and I've sold a, a few football cards over the last like couple of weeks. And, I was ready to like, kind of maybe like we were kind of chatting about maybe get a get a card or two in that will kind of help where I'm at now, maybe push me over the line and get back into tier ones and tier zeros in the like immediate term. But when I was looking at these basketball prices, man, see those fluctuations. Yeah, I was thinking if I can get a couple of them on fluctuation, like, and again, anyone who listen to this will know, but NBA Top Shot like was mental huge, you know. And so rare, like, I know it's uh, a wee bit viral this morning because the 24-hour NFT charts, it's doubled CryptoPunks, which I don't think it's really done before because people are talking about it like it's a big deal. Mm. Um, but I think, like, so for me, I went and picked up 12 cards. I wasn't even p- planning on picking up any, but for me, I'm thinking like it's, it, it is a day one opportunity to be had, you know, if there's something that, and I got informed of my brother who knows this stuff. Like, oh yeah you mentioned him before yeah yeah so i got a couple of rookies and i got a couple of guys that you know he was going through his fantasy team with me and every time he said this guy's a sleeper i just started putting bids on them you know <laughs> yeah. uh, i'm not trying to get durant's and lebron's and whatever because i'm not spending that much money on basketball but i got four rares that cost an eighth combined and i think three of them yeah three of them are one-offs and one of them is a three of and it's a rookie and then i got like eight limiteds and they make up a team you know, like they're decent enough and and whatever, uh, and those yeah. are maybe about half or maybe about half any fish. You know, so about an eighth and a half I've spent, give or take. Yeah, we need to look at your your teams and we can steal a bit of your your knowledge. That's no no problem. It'll be out, it'll be out there soon. Don't worry. I've got a good one for you. So we like you get in the football, you're gonna have the hoops bringing it home for you, and in the basketball, you're gonna be opening some men product from the hoops. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Well, I've got two Boston Celtics players. It was the first ones I wanted. Oh, so nice. Like, We'll go get some Celtics, and um, I think I, I don't know who the best player is, right? But this guy Marcus Smart. Last thing I'll say about basketball. Well, we're very funny. I'm just never going to go. Apparently, he was like Defender of the Year last year or something, and he's got green hair. You know, so right. <laughs> I was trying to get one of his rares, but they were all going for like point three, point four, and I was like, wow. And they weren't really fucked. I was hoping to get one under point two, like, um, but they weren't really going there. It ended up getting unlimited anyway. So. Like, yeah, I think I've got some wee pieces and I'm going to try and, for the most part, like, I'll, I'll be doing content with my brother and stuff like that, so that'll be good fun. Yep. But my actual involvement in it, like, I don't, I'm, if I get a LeBron or something like that, it'll be a win. I, I won't be going out and buying these guys, but hopefully, like, some of these year one one-offs or year one rookies and stuff like that, um, you know, I've spent an eighth and a half. If you told me right now in six months I'll sell two cards and it'll wash its face, I wouldn't be surprised, you know. Mm. Um so that's kind of the, I wasn't going to do it, but like you say, the fluctuations were a bit mad and I thought, you know, I know the price of a limited and I know the limiteds are 5,000 in this rather than 1,000, yeah. but you've got to remember as well that this is like all of America and all of the basketball world will want to tap into this at some point. And there's <laughs> not like there's divisions upon divisions of different leagues and conferences, it's only one, you know, so. Um, and then again, I know from people saying before in Top Shot that early mints, like low numbers, carry value to 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 this crowd you know so yeah. even a five of or something or you know i don't i don't mind getting one of them in and just chuck it in the back um and go for it but yeah in terms of end product one thing uh there's no reason i kind of wanted to bring that kind of side things up because i think if you can get a good clutch of like a smart little roster before any huge mass adoption comes into basketball you could easily get a couple of sneaky ones on the bounce quite quickly and then before you know it you've got an early adopter gallery that everyone Gives me shit yep. for on the football side, you know. <laughs> kind of True. It is tempting, definitely tempting. I have, I have to get. I might have a little look this afternoon and see, but I like the idea of having a little limited team to to roll out with a couple, yep. maybe one, one or two half decent cards, and the rest sort of like up and comers and sleepers, as you call them. 
I'll have to be uh, keeping an eye out for you and your brother on YouTube then. You've got to buy it and just copy. That's good. Yeah, that's true. So I got a guy, like I say, last thing I'll say about it, but I got, a, I got two rookies. I got a guy called Mathurin. I got his limited and I got a rare of him. And apparently, I, when I was buying a few of them, I was sending it to the Americans that play so rare. And I was like, what about this guy? What about this guy? And but every time they seen Mathurin, and another guy I went and got a one of, Trey Jones, they were like, oh, that's a good pick. You've done well. He's He'll be good this year and all that. Mm. Yeah, that kind of validation off of more than one source because I'm relying on people telling me stuff, you know. I I was up at one o'clock in the morning and I was like, oh, there's a trade joke. I said to somebody, oh, I got the limited and I'm like, oh, he was going to be really good, by the way. And then the one-off was coming up in 20 minutes. I was like, fucking oh, Why 0. not? 0.2, 0.25 is the limit. And I got it from zero. Anyway, so that's mm. kind of where I'm at with it. And I don't think it really detracts from the football from me because I'm in a kind of solid position at the moment and I'm maybe just missing a bit of luck. Some guys needing to come back from fitness like um, McGregor and Mulgrew and maybe one or two others. And and I think I'm quite set for the divisions I'm playing. Like like you were saying earlier, Stish, like the most part, limiteds, I've not really been taking them overly seriously. Mm. I do feel my limited teams now uh, over the last month are like seriously competitive. It's like one card letting me down. Uh, across like a lot of teams and that you, you know it's like Tony's had that luck for months you know it's one card that fucks you and then one day you wake yeah. up and you're first you know um, you just need to wait for it to click in sometimes so I'm I, I'm quite content in the limiteds in that sense I guess yeah I think I've just like I've lost a few goalkeepers because a few of my sort of goalkeeper options in limited were in the Americas and sure. they've stopped playing now or like they're not in the playoffs or and uh, Matthew Ryan, who is the goalkeeper for Copenhagen's, lost his place. So I'm I literally have like two limited goalkeepers now, and I don't really want to buy another one. So uh, you know, unless I can do some trades to get another one, which is probably a good idea, wouldn't wouldn't hurt me to do because I've got a lot of limiteds that I just don't use that don't aren't of use to me. So if I could put a lump of those together to go and have a chat with Pavel about a goalkeeper, that might not be a bad idea. It might open limited up a bit more for me, but. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of stuck with Philip Cohn and Andrew Snopper as my sort of goalkeeper options, and they tend to get used in legend and uh, specialist. So it just leaves me with like a very punty like all star lineup after that, pretty much. But um, yeah, maybe I could probably like do with like swapping out some of like my more like premium limiteds for a goalkeeper or two. Like I've got like Fekir, who I probably don't need a Fekir like for the leagues that I'm entering, you know. Yeah. Um, unless you're looking to like hit that all star or the champ, Fekir is probably like more than I need. So maybe I need to do some trading. I need to get. I need to get. Um, I need to get into that Tony mode of like flipping them in and out, limited. Get some. Get some use out of them. I've actually had a break for trading for a while, and it's actually felt quite good. But it is good to get in the mix. Yeah. I find the thing with trading is it's just so time consuming as well. Like you're on Discord, your phone's going off. You're trying to look at stuff like you're trying to get on with your work in the day to day as well, away from so rare. And it's like looking at Discord, having a conversation with someone who's arguing with you over about a quid. It's just like, <laughs> it just it does. It's not my favourite part of uh, of so rare. I love the scouting element, but I don't like the I don't like the actual trading. So I tend to uh, I tend to end up just paying whatever the sort of floor price is. Um, I did pick up a limited for this weekend. I know we were talking about like the underdog forty five on the podcast last week and uh it, i i just I've, I've become obsessed with looking for players who are like a quid or two just to see and mm-hmm. I, picked, I picked up a card this week i'm going to tell you who it was um i picked up where are we my club cards <clears throat> i paid um yeah i paid 3 pound 50 for him uh, mark van der Marl plays for emmen a centre back. He's got an L fifteen of forty three, so he goes into the U forty five category. Nice. He scored a six against PSV last week. They got tank- tanked like six one or whatever. But every score before that, AZ he scored a sixty, Excelsior a hundred, NEC seventy, Vitesse sixty two. So his L five is sixty, but he's a a forty five. He, he he qualifies for the U forty five. And I thought three pound fifty. I'm, I'm having him. I'm going to try and put a really little cheap little team together for the U45 because I think it's a fun thing to do. And we we obviously mentioned it on a podcast last week. And I'm just going through like my tweets, and I know it's quite 
quite a few people got in touch and sort of shared their their U45s and we got quite a few listeners that had a little bit of a a good week so like I see a, a Jamie so rare who, who who tweeted us um he had Vitek as his captain who put up 100 in the underdog 45 he managed to put up a score of 323 wow um, which at the time he tweeted us he was 24th um and he had a tier 1 locked in so hopefully if you're listening Jamie you held on to that tier 1 but um he had your man Ryan Edwards in his team there put up a 58 yeah. And Stefan Nutz, who's 73.4. And, uh, yeah, and someone else tweeted as well. Uh, so, uh, Kay Sorare. Kay Sorare Sorare. Nice name. Um, in 22nd place, and 323, uh, had a team that they reckon cost them £15.50. So, like- hopefully that Tier 1 win was nice and... Uh, be interesting to see. Might have to go into the uh, re- re- rewards and have a little look and see what you guys won. But um, good to see that people out there are getting a bit of end product in, getting involved with the the spirit of the podcast, especially when it's only fifteen quid to do so. Um, so yeah, I've, it, it's it's inspired me to go out and see what see what's in the market. See if I can pick two or three cards up. Um, and try and put out an underdog team and make a note of like what it costs and see what the sort of ROI is because in my head it it should be like obtainable to get in those cards especially in the U45 like we were saying you can pick up those pretty cheap and if you if you get lucky and you pick those four cards correctly and the captain has a good game you could be right in amongst it and I think there are there's star star limited cards in that as well isn't there in the underdog if you win a star maybe the podium yeah if you get anywhere near it, you'll be absolutely laughing. And it's doable. It is. I think they'll give you a better... That's the only thing seeing Underdog uh, Limited. I reckon they would give you a Kimmich or a Haaland or a... Mm. Whereas in Super Rare, they're not going to give you because there's such little supply, which I understand. I totally understand. But the Rare in the Super Rare Kimmich isn't coming out for a... For an underdog win with 330 points, I don't think. Because <laughs> I think the first week they did it, didn't someone win an Mbappe? The first week underdog rare winner won an Mbappe, didn't they? Sounds familiar. I'm mistaken. That does sound familiar. Did, was on a screenshot. It was the second one Mbappe and first one saw rubbish, but it was it was a fake screenshot. It was actually oh. one Mbappe. <laughs> was it? Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a good little tournament, the underdog. I know we talk about it a lot on here, but... Um, yeah, shout out anyone who's listening. Keep your uh, keep sending in your underdogs, if you, especially if you find yourself finishing in the cards. We'd love to know what the sort of value of of your team is because it's nice to see people winning. You know, like doubling their uh, potentially doubling their gallery value with one win from like an underdog forty five. It's definitely doable if you're a new player. Um, obviously, we probably don't have many new players listening because you don't kind of start off listening to the podcast and then get involved. It's normally the other way around, but. Um, in terms of like speaking to new players at the minute, I'm just trying to push a lot of people towards that underdog. And the 45 on the weekends is just like, you can get involved for like 10, 20 quid. But it's nice to know that people are actually having some success with those those kind of entries as well. Another thing we mentioned on the podcast last week was uh, f- people getting caught at work. doing. Did I was just looking for it. I've, I've got one. Um, and it came from Connor Kebab. Sorry. Hey, to the channel. <laughs> Connor Kebab. Um, luckily, my manager doesn't do weekends, but yesterday I was trying to explain why I was watching FC Saul on the computer to my colleagues. <laughs> I mean, I've I've been there myself. I've definitely, like, I, I work with a friend of mine who's from Saul, and he can't believe how much time I spend watching FC Saul. So I can definitely sympathise with that, there was another one as well. I'm trying to find it, but I know, uh, I know someone else mentioned having a uh, bet three six five open in their uh, in their office and getting caught on bet three six five and having to go to the toilet um, pretending they weren't well to watch uh, a game on bet three six five, which we've definitely all been there. The thing that annoys me about that is that you can't full screen it. Why? Why is it on bet three six five? You can only full screen certain games. Has anyone else noticed that? 
I've been brought in years. I had to ban myself for <laughs> 10 years. <Yeah. laughs> I was betting on Thailand, second division and stuff like that. Got well, me. mate, do you know, I actually had a little bet on it last <laughs> night on the Tigra game. Because oh, I, cool. I I saw that um, Armoa was like 9-1 to one to score first. And I thought, that's obscene because he scores first quite a lot. And he's on form at the minute. He scored or assisted in the last six games, I think, for Tigra. Um, and I was looking at like, Retegui as well. Because I've got Coladio. I've watched him a fair few times. And I know... They're in decent form at the minute, and I thought their odds were like completely off. So I put like I went to bed. I put like a three quid build a bet on a on um Armoa to score first, Tigre to win two one. They won two one, but Retegui scored first, so I lost the bet. But I was very close. I think I had like thirty four to one on that as well. I was like, would have been a decent little win off a three quid bet. But I very rarely bet since I've been playing so rare, to be honest. I kind of gives me the same enjoyment out of like having some involvement in the game, but not needing to throw new money into it. But um, yeah, that's kind of the way it's been for me as well. It's good. From. <clears throat> that is yeah, definitely. You actually have some. You actually again. It's just actually buying things with your money rather than like you know. It's the same as going into a casino, a bookie. You know, you're just watching the ball spin around and does it land on green, red, or black kind of thing. You just lost your money. Yeah. Does somebody score a goal before the 60th minute? It's that team, you know, it's just too final, too concrete. It's like, you know, anyway, I'm long past no. it myself. But again, everyone I'm talking to as well, when I'm like, oh, where did you watch the game last night? Like, oh, Bet365, I'm thinking, shit, maybe I should uh, <laughs> go and lift that self-exclusion and just put a fiver in it and have a bit easier access to some of these games I'm trying to watch. Yeah, because it it's hard to find a stream outside of a lot of those betting things, which is a shame. But unless you've got... Uh, like a dodgy TV box or something, it's hard to like, and even some of them, it's hard to find the game because you need to know what channel might be showing it as well and sure. what country might have it on. But um, yeah, Bet365, Bet Betfair has a few games on as well, but I find like if I'm trying to watch a game, I can normally get it up on Bet365. There's very few games that are covered by SoRare that aren't on there actually. And um, obviously we were speaking on the, on the uh, so rare Odyssey last week, and I put forward to the boys to watch the uh, Mechelen game, and I said I thought we would have goals, and I, it it was a scrappy one. It was one all. It finished. They conceded in the last minute. Heron Vin, but um, Tom High, who I did tip, he managed to get on the score sheet finally, put up a very big score. So nice. fingers crossed. That's the beginning of um, him having the season. I was hoping him to have and he starts to get closer to that 1.2 ETH or whatever ridiculous price I paid for him in the pre-season but um, what have you guys got going on for this game week ahead what are you looking forward to uh, I've not even looked yet to be honest but again it'll just be underdog it'll be rare I think the NBA one's really interesting that's what I'm doing just now it's great to say yeah you've got that look in your face that I've had last night, you're just like, oh, what's going on here? And, <laughs> yeah. really left under and I think the early adopting could be real interesting. Interesting to see like how to scout a game like that as well, because I know like statistically the NBA is a big thing on like, you know, statistics, rebounds, like the stats are everywhere. You can see them. But how, obviously not watch, I'm not a basketball expert. I just wonder where where do you get your information from? And I think yeah. that's probably like an in- interesting point on the football side as well, outside of obviously using SoRare data. Are there any websites that you two find yourself going back to for more and more, trying to do deep dives on stats that maybe aren't as obvious to uh, to us all on SoRare data? I think SoRare data does most of the hard work now, but do you go anywhere else to sort of like do a bit of extra scouting? I like the on SofaScore. I can't remember how you access it, but there's a if you go into SofaScore, there's um, it can give you like the league tables of statistics. If you know what I mean, like the top twenty in the division for pass accuracy or that kind of stuff. And uh, like I said before, I, I like that for trying to find like when like a new division comes on. If somebody yeah. pops up in the top twenty all the time, but they're not in top tens, there's a good chance they'll be slept on, and maybe they just need like Mikey Trezor was like that when Eredivisie came on. I think I told that story recently. Um. So that's the only kind of thing I'll maybe scratch around for in terms of extra stats is just some of the stuff that, you know, today's form hasn't shown, but tomorrow's form might. Can I idea? Yeah. I found myself using that FB ref 
You've been on that website before. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, it's very good. I'm not, I always forget about it. <laughs> it's really good. So I went in there in the week just trying to sort of like, obviously we come to the end of MLS and K-League and J-League and I've gone into sort of like those and tried to, I, I tried to like spot players who, maybe like youngsters who, you know, towards the end of the season, they'll give a few youngsters their first sort of run outs and stuff like that. And hopefully they progress over the, close season and they might get in the first team next year so it's just looked I was trying to like I was trying to identify players who like maybe didn't get loads of minutes this season but per per 90 their average score would be this or this and it's just like you find a couple of players who've bagged a couple of assists off of like a couple of 10 minute 10 minute um, appearances or something like that and just hope that they kick on find their way into the first team a bit more next season and I think that that's one of the few things you can do now, isn't it? Because there's so much information on like past performance on Surya even on a new league. Like if they added the Greek division tomorrow, Surya Data would probably have like the L40s up with it before the cards have even arrived on the market. Like, yeah, all they need to do is get that information from Opta and add it to their thing. So it's just like trying to find the gems now before they hit the platform is, is becoming more and more difficult. And I just wonder. If there is anyone listening out there, we'd love to hear your uh, tips and tricks on your like sort of secret, the secret recipes of finding and identifying the next. Uh, I don't know who who who's the, I guess the next like Florian Vert. We need to spot them before a uh, before Surrey Data flags them up to a to everyone, and we're all in a mad frenzy trying to get a four eighth bid in and their first mint in a couple of seasons time, which will happen the way things are going. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in a similar boat when it comes to this weekend. Uh, going back to that original point there, I haven't really like fully looked at my teams just yet. But I think I'm going. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to putting together that underdog 45 team, and I'll definitely I'll share it on socials once I've once I've figured out what they are and try and find. See if we can get some end product for under 15, 20 quid would be like like really nice. What about you, Quinny? Have you got a uh, Anything in particular looking forward to the weekend? Uh, no, nothing in a standout way. If you know what I mean, it's kind of rinse and repeat from last weekend in terms of the teams and the competitions I can kind of go after. Um, but like, like I was kind of touching on earlier with the whole like selling some cards recently in in basketball or whatever. I did feel like I was kind of at a wee bit of a crossroads with some of like this. I've kind of wrote off under twenty three and I've sold some big pieces out of that. Um. And I'm quite well consolidated down now. But you guys were talking about trading earlier and I went and picked up some backup keepers. And one of them's already came good. So I picked up uh, Matthias Liss like last week because he signed... Uh, again, I'll keep this... Was it? Was yeah, he signed, signed for Southampton from Turkey. He was a number one in Turkey. Went to go to Southampton to be on the bench. And then Southampton loaned him to Trois or Troyes. Oh, okay. The transfer window, right? But literally like eight days ago, they did this press conference... And he's got the number one jersey, you know. And I messaged Genesis and I was like, this is weird. Can you, like, it's all in French. And I was like, can you listen to this and tell me why they're only doing a press conference now? And he said there wasn't any real reason into it, but they did say, like, oh, he's here to, he's here to push the keeper, but he's not here to definitely take over. And uh, I was like, oh, screw it. I'll, buy, I'll, I'll trade him in and hopefully it goes for it. He started at the weekend and he saved a pen, brought in 83 points, but then he played the bugger. So um, <laughs> I've got towards the end of last season as well and he I put I put my brother onto him as well because he was trying to find a cheap goalie and I think he was on his way down wasn't he didn't his team get ready but he was one of the best uh, goalkeepers in terms of saves per match in in the division in in uh, Turkey so there's high expectation of him to move to like Galatasaray um, at the end of the season Um, but I, I kind of stopped following him but that's a that's amazing to hear that he's back in. I didn't know that. That's just but, happened um, at the weekend. Champion Euros is maybe not quite as attractive as it would have been for Challenger or something, maybe. Hmm. Um, but for Global Specialist and all that, it kind of works for me. And uh, yeah. the other keeper I got, I think we've spoken about this before, but I got a De Kaiser. And as you'll know, at the weekend, um, Utrecht get battered, like 6-1 or something. So maybe finally Hologram Hands Barkas is going to get dropped. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's actually performed well until now though, Barkas, is he not? He has, definitely, man. But that's why like the, the Kaiser prices are falling. Because, but again, he is on loan. you know, and, and it's like, how long did they play the loan keeper before they play the wee guy they want to sell for a bucket of money? Mm. You know, maybe that's the excuse he needs, right? If you see the six big man, you've done well, but 
let's get the let's get the prized asset back on the pitch so we can punt them in the summer. That's what I'm hoping for. So that's kind of the big thing I'm hoping for this week is Liss stays in, maybe De Kaiser gets a sniff. I like that. I like that play. I'm just going to have a little look now at the League One table because Troy, where are Troy's in the table at the moment? I think they're kind of lower mid. I don't think they're scoring a lot. Be really oh. interested to see what his score or his price does towards the end of the season if they look like they're in danger of going down because they must. That I feel like there's going to be a price spike on goalkeepers being relegated to League Two. I think they'll actually go up in value because then Definitely. you'd expect them to go down, but they'll score better in a lower division, maybe. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see that at the end of this season with the Champ Euro cards. But he'll definitely be one, I guess, that especially goalkeepers, I think. If people see it as a cheap entry with a, in a team that might do a lot better when they go down a division. So he could be really interesting. It could be a perfect trade, to be honest. Fingers crossed. We're keeping an eye on him. I might have to add him to my watch list. Uh, good luck with that. But um, yeah, other than that, is there anything else that we... Uh, no, I was good for sixty five percent of the podcast, and you started speaking about NBA. I've put about two hundred and fifty thousand bids in. We could not talk basketball to a little bit, eh? Yeah, my afternoon sorted, lads. Oh yeah, you two boys back on the podcast next week with your Boston Celtics jerseys on. Brooklyn Nets, just to be about American accents as well. <laughs> People will start getting us confused with the So Rare Data podcast and the lads over there. Oh, I just bought a Blake Griffin. I got him. Oh, here we go. It started. He's Pretty a Celtics guy, isn't he? Aye. Uh, Is he good? Aye, he was a star back in the day, but... Yeah. He's a bit yeah. older now, isn't he? But he was, wasn't he at the, uh, the... the What's the LA team? Not Lakers, the other LA team. Yeah, couples. yeah he was massive at the couples. He was at the Nets, who were meant to be a super team last year, and then he kind of came back a bit. So, it should be all right. There you go. Get, He's get, got a super up for sale for point four. Oh, this is going to turn into an NBA. <laughs> NBA underdog. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking, oh, by the way, oh, that's a unique, ah, oh, that's what it is. I, I was going to say, by the way, when I was looking at the, if you go on the main store homepage, there's this little kind of video graphic and it's all the cards kind of falling mm. down. And I've seen one of them and I've, I had to watch it twice and it was like kind of purpley. But I'm just yeah. seeing now Blake Griffin. That's the unique kind of yeah, look. It's not really that. black. It's more purple. I like it. I like the look of that. We did see purple in that World Cup thing this week. See when it was oh, like... that. I knew there was something else we forgot to talk about. The World Cup that, thing? That's definitely World Cup, in it? Come on. They kind of mentioned it in the announcement for basketball as well. And the way that they, they worded it on the basketball announcement was that we've got a huge announcement for football in the coming weeks about the, the world's like biggest um, football tournament and like and some exciting news around that. And it's just like the World Cup's coming. We know yeah. they've got Argentina. They've got they showed loads of different colours cards, didn't it? Oh man. Excited for that. So maybe maybe we'll end up with World Cup yanks. Maybe the World Cup cards will look like these basketball ones, maybe. Be interesting. They should definitely do a different edition, a special World Cup edition. They don't you know, need to. It says year one edition underneath. It should say World Cup edition. World Cup edition, yeah. Because uh, uh, yeah. did, did did you hear that? Like Nick did. Uh, Nicholas Julia that was on Max HG. You know, so rare data. Uh, it was on his like live stream last Friday, and then I seen somebody um, translated a bit of it and put it out. But Nicholas Julia said to Max that he's had people for five, six months locked in a room working on the World Cup. Oh, wow. I mean, they've just, that's been their job is like, we don't want to see you until November kind of time. So, um, so and, that was Friday, and then on Mondays when we got that little reveal thing. So I'm quite and excited next, for what they're going the to do. Games, yeah. Ne- next few weeks, we should expect a big announcement then, really. So they tease it now. They're not going to wait. They're not going to leave us hanging for like a month, are they? Like, they we, we should probably, they want us scouting for the World Cup now. So I'd imagine... Look, Friday or Monday? A month away. I reckon I reckon it could well be Monday, yeah. We might see a launch on Monday and then through the week we might see daily launches of international teams. I wonder how many teams they got. There's 12 colours in that thing. Mm. Which maybe is 12. But one of them's purple. And there's nobody at the World Cup that has a purple flag or purple in their kit, really, that's like, oh, that's obviously... Like, yeah. whoever... 
you know so True. so we've I mean, hard Qatar is kind of like a maroon like, color isn't it yeah mm. but it's like that unique that Blake Griffin unique that kind of purple it was that kind of tone in it you know yeah. it's quite um lilac-y, you know Hopefully they do some special edition like win cards, like winnable cards. Like that's one thing I've missed. I loved, you know, like the 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 two the game week two hundred edition. I've got the Rodrigo. I won that, but now you can only win those cards. And I think that that is something we've been missing on the platform for a bit, like a card, a special okay. like card win. Limited Kina. Yeah, like a yeah, like a limited. Give it a little special sticker on it or something. that's like World Cup. World Cup edition, and maybe you can only win those. Uh, that'd be amazing. I'd love that. But you know, they they would have had to build that already. And hopefully, that's what they. Hopefully, that's the sort of thing that we get to hear this time next week. We can have a chat about it. But I feel like that's coming, and that's something exciting, especially on the football side of things. Like team. Nice. Well, guys, good luck this game week. I hope we all finish top of the podium. To join Tony up there. I know Stish you've been up there recently, but I hope we all get up there this game week. We get a wee bit of luck going our way. And we'll see you all next week. Cheers. Cheers.